Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather as a church. Um, we're able to sit here in relative peace and um, love on each other, spend time together, hear from your word. Um, and there are other places where your church is moving forward um, where in order for that to happen, a lot, of, a lot of pieces have to fall into place. A lot of decisions have to be made that, that could be life or death. And we pray this morning in particular for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. We pray for them uh, as a country, pray for their people, pray for their, their government, whatever remains of that. We pray for the Americans and other, other uh, foreigners there that need to get out. Uh, we pray for um, just the, the diplomatic solutions, whatever can happen uh, to cause what appears to be an urgent and immediate need to be met. Uh, we pray for deliverance of your church, uh, the Afghan church under persecution, one of the fastest growing churches on the planet from a percentage standpoint, not from a number standpoint, for, but from a percentage standpoint. Uh, you're on the move, and it, it, <laughs> I'm just amazed that it my, seemingly my entire lifetime, uh, the, the government in China has been trying to snuff out your church, and it's grown like it never has before. For some reason, it's biblical for the blood of the martyrs to be the seed of the church, and I don't understand that. Uh, I, um, in my moments of weakness, I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. And um, you are on the move, and your plan is eternal, and it is good. And so we pray for strength. It's easy to ask for the church in Afghanistan to have strength from here. I mean, I'm standing in air conditioning, um, probably going to have a decent lunch, probably not worried about somebody coming up with a gun to my head and telling me to recant or it's not going to go well. But yet, you call us to pray. You call us to pray for your church. You call us to pray for those that are in need. And so we pray for deliverance. We pray for a miracle. We pray for the salvation of the church. We pray for their joy and their peace. And also their strength and their boldness in the midst of the chaos and possible death. We pray for growth in your church there uh, through this time, and we pray for salvation of the lost. We also, in obedience to you, pray for the members of the terrorist organization taken over there. We pray for the salvation of the very people that are doing the evil, some way, somehow. Uh, teach us and help us to always be vigilant for our own souls and also for your church around the world. You call us to suffer with our brothers and sisters. Yes, I may have a decent lunch, but I, my heart needs to be with them. That's true for all of us. What's happening in Afghanistan happens also in Africa seemingly so often that we rarely hear about it as much. Maybe there aren't some political reasons for us to hear about it, uh, who knows. Uh, but it happens in other places, and it's happening now. And we pray that you would move in the hearts of your saints, 
and cause us to draw near to you and to ultimately, ultimately, above all else, finish well. Whether we have 30 seconds left or 30 years left, we pray that you would allow your church to flourish even now. And whatever I've forgotten to pray for, answer it anyway. You're a big God, much bigger than, than this little prayer. And so move. We call on you to move. And just draw us to you and, and let us experience the fruit of the Spirit through this. You promise us peace that we cannot understand. And joy in the midst of whatever's going on outside of us. And so we ask you for that. Thank you for loving us and letting us be a part of what you're doing in the world throughout eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Um, I think, woo! Hey, Billy, can I keep that, please? Thanks, brother. Yeah, one of our great joys as a church is to be able to pray for the church. Uh, sometimes the temptation can be to be self-focused. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever wrestle with that, but, but I do. And so for God to, to remind us of what is taking place around the world and to give us eyes to see um, is, is actually a gift for us. Um, and so, Billy, thanks so much for, for leading us this morning. Uh, my name is James. I have the great joy and, and privilege of being the pastor here at Christ Point Church. If you are new to Christ Point, welcome. Thanks so much uh, for being here this morning. Hopefully you noticed the connection card on your seat. Uh, if you could fill that out before you leave and place it in the offering box in the back, would certainly appreciate that. Uh, or you can scan the QR code. If you're interested in finding out what's taking place here at Christ Point in the days ahead, uh, that's the best way to do it. And so please, uh, if you would, take a moment to do that before uh, you head out this morning. Uh, lots of exciting things taking place here at Christ Point. Next Sunday is Discover Christ Point. Uh, it is before the service at 9 o'clock. If you're interested in finding out more about uh, this place and why we exist, uh, then please plan on attending. We're going to be meeting in the chapel over on the other side of the pond. Uh, and so uh, please sign up by going online, uh, scanning that QR code or filling out the card uh, that's on your seat. And then lots of exciting things taking place in the fall as uh, women's Bible studies start back up and our men are going to continue to uh, meet Wednesday mornings. And so a number of opportunities uh, for you to connect uh, and pursue authentic community together. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you would, please turn with me uh, to Jonah chapter 2. Uh, Jonah chapter 2, and if I could at this time dismiss our children, CP kids, uh, they are going to head out, follow Jody and Becky in uh, the back. Kids, thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Uh, I'm going to read Jonah chapter 2, and uh, then I want to pray uh, for us, and we'll walk through the passage uh, together. I actually want to start in verse 17 of Jonah chapter 1. Uh, if I could, it says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed uh, to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the be belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Uh, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. And the flood surrounded me, all your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life, the deep surrounded me, weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. 
yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Would you pray with me? If you would, take uh, just a minute and you pray for you uh, as we open up the word and think together about what God is uh, saying to us today. And if you could be so kind, would you pray for me that God would give me strength and wisdom and clarity as I bring his word to you today. God, thank you so much for your living and active word. I thank you that you still use it to form and shape your people, to change hearts and lives for all of eternity. Uh, today I ask, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive uh, your word to us. I pray that we would be uh, mutually challenged and encouraged uh, and, uh, where appropriate, convicted. I pray that your Holy Spirit uh, would be our teacher and our guide, our great counselor uh, this morning. Uh, God, we love you and we thank you so much for loving us first. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your Spirit. Amen. I don't know if I should admit this or not, but I am uh, typically not a huge fan of how-to sermons, like how to fix your life in three easy steps, or how to have a great uh, marriage and by doing these five things. Uh, scripture is practical, it's applicable, it certainly speaks to uh, numerous areas of our lives, whether it's relationships, or marriages, or finances, or fill in the blank, super helpful. Uh, but I think sometimes how-to messages uh, can be overly simplistic. I don't know if you've had this experience before. Uh, maybe it's just me. Um, so with that, uh, this morning I want to speak to you about how to survive the belly of a fish. How to survive uh, in the belly of a fish. And, and we're going to do it in five easy steps. Five easy steps. Uh, step number one to surviving the belly of the fish is to understand the seriousness of the situation. Uh, if you are to survive the belly of the fish, you need to first understand the seriousness of the situation. Jonah apparently uh, understood the seriousness of his situation. He said in verse 3, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, and all your waves and your billows passed over me. I mean, you can kind of feel the angst inside Jonah's heart and soul as he finds himself in the belly of uh, this very large fish. He understood on some level the seriousness of his situation. Uh, and yet, um, oftentimes, we can be uh, guilty of missing it. Like, like we can miss the seriousness of the situation that we find ourselves in. 
Uh, I don't know if you've ever had an experience before where you've turned on the news and heard that a hurricane was coming your way. Have you ever had this experience before? You turn on the news and maybe you have friends in Florida or along the coast and for days um, the weather people get on the news and they're like, it's coming, it's coming. And it's a category five or it's a category four, um, run for the hills, right? Take all your earthly belongings, your children, gas up and go. Get out of Dodge. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that message only to see people on the roof of their house after the hurricane has blown through town going, well, you know, we were always warned and it never really was that bad. And so we just decided to stick around. Right? I, I hear those stories, I witness those stories, and I think uh, to myself, you did not understand the significance of the situation. Uh, you didn't understand that this, the situation that you were in was severe, and it, caused for a, it called for action. You stuck around uh, when you should have gone. Right? Jonah uh, understood on some level the seriousness of his situation. Uh, Jonah is in a bad place. He's in the belly of the fish, or to put it in our uh, day's vernacular, Jonah has hit rock bottom, right? He's hit rock bottom. Do you notice in reading through Jonah chapter 1 how many times the text talks about Jonah going down, right? God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, but Jonah went down to Joppa. Uh, Jonah went on to the ship and went down into the ship. And now Jonah finds himself down in the belly of a fish. Jonah has hit rock bottom. Did you ever hit rock bottom before? Did you ever come to the end of yourself and think to yourself, how did I end up here? Right? It's in that moment that oftentimes we recognize or realize uh, the seriousness of the situation. We know that we are in uh, a bit of a pickle. Right? And Jonah certainly on some level uh, recognizes the seriousness of his situation. Uh, while we have never been in the belly of a fish, uh, maybe we have had an experience in life before uh, where we realize the seriousness of our situation. Uh, hopefully, we have had this experience spiritually, right, where we find ourselves uh, in a spot where we're going, God, um, I need you. Right? I need you to show up. I cannot fix uh, what is broken. Uh, which leads me uh, to step number two in how to survive in the belly of a fish, and that is to remember your inability uh, to save yourself. Remember uh, your inability to save yourself. It says in Jonah chapter 2, verse 5, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped up about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Jonah realized that he was in a situation that he could not fix. Um, Oftentimes, when we find ourselves in situations where we know uh, we cannot rescue ourselves, uh, there's something about that that just grates against uh, the human heart. Uh, because all of us, on some level, we want to be able to fix things. Like, we want to rescue ourselves. Maybe we recognize that the situation that we're in is bad, 
but we want to fix it. Uh, recently, I came across a book uh, called The Worst Case Scenario Survival Handbook, Expert Advice for Extreme Situations. I believe this actually, believe it or not, was a bestseller. It teaches you um, how to survive when you are in life-threatening situations because we need to prepare for things like how to survive a drone attack. You laugh now, but wait until you're in a drone attack and see how you respond. How to survive a shark attack. Occasionally that happens. I think you're supposed to like punch him in the eye or something like that. I didn't read the chapter. Um, how to land a plane. Has anyone ever been in a situation before where the pilot went bye-bye and you had to land the plane? I didn't think so. Uh, how to deliver a baby in the back seat of a car. That's helpful. You never know. I bet you there's one or two people here that maybe should have read that chapter. Uh, how to survive if your parachute fails to open. It's all fun and games until your parachute doesn't open. Uh, if you want to know how to survive these situations, if you want to know how to save yourself, pick up the book on Amazon. Right? It can be yours. Three business books. Uh, we long to be in a situation where regardless of what we face, uh, we can get out of it. We can save ourselves. We can rescue ourselves. But Scripture teaches us that spiritually, spiritually speaking, um, we cannot fix what is broken. We can't rescue ourselves. We can't fix ourselves. Regardless of how many times in life we say to ourselves, I'll be better, I'll work harder, next time, like, give me another shot, or I'm not as bad as that person, that guy, or that gal. Like, we're always trying uh, to rescue ourselves, but the story of Jonah teaches us that we uh, cannot save ourselves. Jonah finds himself uh, at rock bottom, and uh, he knows that he can't save himself. And so if you want to survive uh, the belly of the fish, remember uh, that you can't save yourself. Step number three, uh, remember the character of God. Remember the character of God. Jonah said in verse 7, When my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you uh, into your holy temple. Jonah uh, ran from God, and God ran after him. I love this about uh, the story. Uh, we read that clearly God is sovereign in life. Uh, do you notice one of the themes that we see in the book of Jonah is how many times it says the phrase, the Lord appointed or the Lord sent, the Lord appointed a storm, the Lord appointed a fish. We'll read later that the Lord appointed a plant, and then a worm to eat the plant, and then the Lord appointed a scorching east wind. If you haven't picked up on it yet, uh, the book of Jonah is filled with reminders that God is sovereign and he is in control of your life. He has not tapped out on Jonah. He has not left Jonah to himself. He is sovereign even over this situation. The second thing that we learn about the character of God is that God is merciful. Uh, God is merciful. I don't know about you, but when we get to the point of the story where Jonah is thrown into the sea, there's part of me that thinks if the story ended then, 
it would make sense to me. Jonah's this prophet of God. God told him to go. Jonah said no. Like he took off and ran from the Lord. He wanted to flee God. He didn't want anything to do with the Lord. Functionally, Jonah said to God, leave me alone. But God doesn't. God sends a storm to chase after Jonah. He runs after him. Here uh, we see the heart and the character of God. God still does this today. Uh, God chases after people and extends to them grace and mercy that they do not deserve. This is at the heart, the very heart of the gospel. And I love this because it reminds me when we run, uh, God chases after us. All of us at one point in our lives, even if we wouldn't describe ourselves in this way, all of us at one point in our lives were runners. Like we didn't want anything to do with God. We were not impressed with God or the ways of God. Scripture teaches us that we were enemies of God and God uh, chased after us. Uh, It is in the belly of the fish that Jonah, uh, in his darkest moment, is going to see God's mercy shine uh, the brightest. This oftentimes, by the way, is how God works. Like when we are seemingly at our worst, um, God does his very best work. Uh, How many times have you learned a significant lesson in life or your heart has been changed uh, because you have spent time at rock bottom? Like oftentimes we look back to those situations or those scenarios in life and think to ourselves, that is when I was most attentive to the character of God and the ways of the Lord. That is when I realized my own desperation and my own need for God, maybe more clearly than ever before. Um, This happens when relationships end unexpectedly. It happens when our dream job is lost or it is never found. It happens when our finances fall apart and the long hoped for or expected child um, does not come. Oftentimes, It is in these moments in life uh, where where God shows up and opens our eyes to his grace and his mercy. And it is during those times where oftentimes God is teaching us um, the most significant lessons uh, that we could ever learn. Uh, We see this in the life of Abraham and Joseph and David and Elijah and Peter, who all became powerful leaders uh, through failure and suffering. As one author uh, says, it is oftentimes when everything falls apart, when all your schemes and resources are broken and exhausted, that you are finally open to learning how to completely depend on God. As is often said, you never realize that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And have uh, you been there before? If you want to survive of the belly of the fish, uh, remember the character of God. Uh, Step number four in surviving the belly of the fish is to not trust in what can't save you. Uh, Do not trust in what can't save you. Uh, Verse eight says, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. When you are down in the depths and there is only a one who can rescue you from uh, the flood, do not trust in things that ultimately do not satisfy you. I say that uh, primarily to myself, 
uh, but to you as well, because I think all of us have a temptation, uh, a tendency um, to chase after something that will bring us uh, joy or peace or hope uh, in our very worst moments, only to find uh, that they never truly satisfy. Right? Maybe you've been there before where you have found yourself uh, in the depths and you have turned uh, to the bottle, uh, hoping to numb the pain, uh, trusting that it'll go away. Uh, maybe you've trusted in the bank. Maybe you've looked to your financial uh, security and thought to yourself, if I can only accumulate more or have more, then this, this pain that I'm feeling will dissipate and go away. Maybe you've looked to your career advancement, thinking to yourself, if you can climb the corporate ladder, uh, if you can improve upon your job title, somehow that might finally satisfy you and bring you joy. Maybe you've looked to your performance, uh, whether it's performance in school or on the sports field or even performance in the Christian life. Uh, thinking to yourself, if I chase after whatever it is that's in front of me, if I attain it, if I have it, uh, then I will experience joy. And we end up trusting in something um, that never truly satisfies us. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 17 says, They uh, will be turned back and be utterly put to shame uh, who trust in idols, who say to molten images, You are our gods. Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 Verse 18 says, what profit is the idol when its maker has carved it, or an image, a teacher of falsehood? For its maker trusts in his own handiwork when he fashions speechless idols. You ever think about the foolishness of chasing after the idols that we build? Think about like the foolishness of, of chasing after uh, money or, or resources, uh, thinking uh, that it will uh, protect you or it will bring you joy. I can't tell me you how many times, and I just simply say that as an example, because in, in my own heart, there is this temptation sometimes uh, to think if, if I only have more, um, then I will be okay. Like, I won't have to worry. Like, regardless of what comes my way, like, things will be all right. Um, it's, it's been said by uh, theologians that the human heart is an idol factory. Like, we're, we're always building and creating something uh, to worship, something that we think uh, will bring us joy. But uh, Jonah here in Jonah chapter 2 verse 18 or verse 8 says those who pay a regard to vain idols forsake uh, their hope of steadfast love. In other words, there is something better uh, for you and for me uh, than trusting in vain idols. It, it's like going through the McDonald's drive through at 545 and getting a two cheeseburger meal on your way to Ruth's Chris. Like who? Like, what? Don't do that. Like, have you had McDonald's lately? It's not good. It's service. Not good. Like, it's not worth, like, you're sacrificing something better. 
And here we read, when we chase after vain idols, we forsake uh, the hope of steadfast love. We forsake uh, something that is better. And what is better uh, is God. What is better is Jesus. Uh, step number five in how to survive the belly of the fish uh, is to go to God. Don't trust what can't save you. Instead, go to God. This is actually the first step. It's the second step and the third step. It's the beginning, it's the middle, and the end. This is our heart posture, uh, regardless of what comes our way. Um, go to God. In your brokenness, uh, go to God. In your joy, go to God. When you are at the end of your rope and you have no hope, uh, go to God. That is what Jonah does. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord, out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. I'm amazed every time I read uh, this verse, because remember, Jonah had functionally said to God, I don't want anything to do with you. Like, I'm out of here. Leave me alone. Like God said, I want, you to, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to preach against it. And Jonah headed the very opposite direction. Well, he bolted. He said to God, leave me alone. And then he found himself in a bind that he couldn't fix. And he, and he went to God. He cried to him in his distress. And what I, I love about this passage is it says, and he answered me. Again, I, I love the fact that we can see the character and heart of God in this passage. Functionally, we tell God, I don't want anything to do with you, and then all of a sudden, we realize that we are at the end of our rope, and we cry out to God, and God answers us, and he hears our voice. This uh, is the heart of the Father. We see it all over Scripture. Uh, we come to the end of ourselves, we go before the Lord, and he hears our prayers. Right? We find him, right? because he has been there all along. Jonah is running from God, and in the darkness, he runs to God, and he finds uh, God there, and God answers uh, his prayer. Uh, this morning, if you are in the belly of the fish, uh, if you are at rock bottom, uh, you can cry out to God, and he hears your prayer, and he will answer you. And the way that we cry out to God uh, is through his son, Jesus. And one of the beautiful things about the story of Jonah that oftentimes can be missed uh, if we don't pay close attention is that the story of Jonah in many ways looks forward uh, to the story of Jesus. Uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus was speaking to the religious leaders, uh, he said to them, for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Then the, the men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus uh, was saying to anyone who would listen, uh, someone greater than Jonah is here. And Jesus said, that is me. Just like Jonah went down into the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, Jesus uh, went down, uh, sacrificed his life, and was buried uh, for our sins. He paid the penalty uh, for our sins. 
uh, this morning, I suspect that there are some uh, people here uh, who need to come uh, to Jesus for the very first time. You've never pointed to a, a, a point in time in your life when you have repented of your sins and you've turned to Jesus uh, for the forgiveness of your sins. Maybe you don't see the severity of your situation or see the significance of your spiritual uh, condition. Maybe you're here this morning and and you have been trying to save yourself uh, for as long as you can remember. You've tried to be a good boy or a good girl and follow all of uh, the rules. Maybe this morning you're trusting in something that ultimately will not uh, save you. This morning, may I encourage you uh, to remember the character of God. Uh, God is merciful uh, and he is full of grace. Uh, go uh, to God and experience the forgiveness that is yours. Uh, maybe you are here this morning and you are running uh, from God and perhaps um, God is chasing after you. Like when you hear this story, you see yourself in Jonah's shoes. Certainly the situation may be different. The details are maybe unique uh, to you, but you are running uh, from uh, the Lord. Can I remind you this morning uh, that God is chasing after you? Um, God is chasing after you, and God has good closing speed. He'll catch you. You can go uh, to him. Uh, Some of you today, I'm excited because you are responding in obedience through baptism. Uh, You are trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. You you have trusted him and you want to celebrate uh, in front of your church family that Jesus uh, is your savior. Praise uh, God for your obedience uh, this morning. Maybe some of you this morning just need to be uh, reminded that salvation uh, belongs to the Lord. And you uh, need to respond in worship. I don't know where God has you uh, this morning, but I really truly uh, believe that God is working. May God stir in us by his spirit a deep sense uh, that because of Jesus, uh, we can sing and believe uh, that it is well uh, with our souls. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father God, thank you so much for the truth of your word. Thank you that uh, you meet us where we are, regardless of where we are, Lord, you are a God who chases after us. You extend a grace and mercy that we do not deserve. Lord, I pray if there are people here this morning that have never placed their faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, I pray that they would do that this morning, that they would experience a hope in life that is found in Christ. Lord, if there are folks here this morning who are running from you, or are apathetic towards you, I pray that your Holy Spirit might convict them and that they would come to you uh, this morning and experience the grace and the forgiveness uh, that is theirs. God, this morning I pray that uh, you would remind us uh, that uh, salvation uh, belongs to you and you have extended salvation to us uh, through your son Jesus, who lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death. He was buried uh, and he rose again, defeating the grave, offering life to those who believe and trust in him. Uh, God, thank you so much for the life uh, that is ours. Uh, We love you. We commit these things to you and we pray them in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.